You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. Awesome. My mom hates it when I sing. (laughs) Well, you know what? I love it. Welcome everybody to Back to Parenthood. Awesome. Season five, episode seven. Speaking of baggage. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini, also running the ones and twos, and I'm, I'm doing a lot over here in the corner, so bear with me if <laughs> if I just stop speaking for a second. But uh, yes, I'm Marissa Serafini, and I'm also joined by the lovely co-host. I'm Danica Kennedy. And I'm Tiana Hobson. Yes, welcome everybody. Uh, I'm so glad Parenthood is back. And uh, so let's just get into this episode. Really fun. We see the return of Natalie. Uh, Drew's boy um, bathroom friend. And what do you think of Natalie in this episode? She was a little... Drunk slut. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think she was kind of a college girl. Not to say that I was a drunk slut or anything, but I had some friends who were maybe drunk sluts. And, you know, it's freshman year. It's still early in the school year. You know, you don't really want to be tied down. It's, you know, go around and you have a little fun. I went to college up at San Francisco <laughs> State, so I'd always go to UC Berkeley, where Drew goes to school on the show, even though it films here. But uh, that's not very far off from college girls. I mean, you have your hookup bang buddy sometimes, but I feel like they should have communicated and made that clearer in the beginning than awkwardly trying to run away from each other. Well, she was well, kind of weird about it. she was drunk at first. She doesn't seem like she was aware of her actions or what she was doing. Drew obviously was because he was stone cold sober. But, oh, I just Natalie, this is the important thing with Drew. Like, he's so, again, we say this every episode, he's so kind and sensitive Then he'll take things seriously. And then Natalie just being this confused, drunk, typical, right. Maybe not typical, but just the, just the college girl going through and wants to be friends with Benny is pretty much. Yeah. Drew's um, not really liking that. Drew's, Drew's not the kind of guy who can do that, or at least we haven't seen him be able to do that. So I feel like his sister or someone should just sit him down and like, hey, bud, let's have real talk. You and me time, bud, okay? Mm-hmm. You're in college now, and, you know, just don't try and jump into a relationship with the next girl because... You don't have the best of luck with it. So, Matt, try out, you know, dip your toes in the water, hook up with a couple girls, have some fun with it, and see where it goes. I feel like he needs someone to have that talk with him so that he can stop getting butthurt over, you know, (laughs) girls just wanting to be friends with Benny's. 
I think he's a little too sensitive and emotional at times. Like, I know that they just hooked up, but the next morning when she's like, oh, I'm so hungover and I need to go shower. And she was, she was kind of being rude to him. She was. But. Oh, not kind of. She was. She was, she was being straight up rude, but I feel like he looked like he was a puppy dog that just got shot and he needs to man up a little bit because things like that will happen with girls and relationships in general. You're going to have a one night thing here and there or a make out and you're not going to see the person again. This case, they I mean, are seeing that, each other that's again. so college. Yeah, it is so college. college. It's pretty normal considering yeah, the circumstances. Yeah, that's the norm. Yeah, and Drew, I mean, I just, I mean, I feel bad for him, but I don't because I know he's a guy, so when she shows up at his dorm room and she's drunk and, like, trying to make a move, and he's like, wait, you're kind of drunk, and then she, like, you know, makes the move again. He could have, he's still sober. He could have stopped it and been like, hey, wait, like, I don't want to do this. Like this, but he's a guy at the same time. Guys don't do that. So he's, of course, gonna go with it. Not to say that all guys would just go with it, but I mean, that just is the more proof that he's so sensitive, you know, that now he like thinks it was something when instead of that mentality of this girl's drunk, she might not remember this tomorrow, but I'm gonna enjoy our night together here now and just. And the thing is, like, the first time she does it, Natalie goes to Drew drunk the first time. And then the second time, after they clearly had the conversation that Natalie was like, I hope you know this doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. And that you're, it's not what you think it should be. And then Drew still gives it into it the second time. After they, he just realized that, oh, this isn't really going anywhere, he still gives in. She made it clear, though. I kind of felt like the second time he was kind of trying it out of being like, oh, let me stop talking. Like, I get it now. It clicked. Oh, this is a hookup buddy or a friends with benefit. I don't think he's ever had it before. So he didn't know what to expect. But now that she's said, hey, we're just having fun. We're just doing this thing. It's nothing serious. You don't want a relationship. I don't want a relationship. So now he can go into it hopefully with a more open mind even though we all know that he's in love with her she made it clear though that she was yeah. in a relationship and drew love with her she was trying to get away from him quick when they ran into each other in that hallway scene like he was kind of waiting for her with yeah. his earbuds like <laughs> awkward typical, typical. like and, oh oh yeah, i accidentally ran here. into you oh, oh what a coincidence fancy seeing you here and yep. she had to run off to class which i feel no like we've, that big of a hurry we've all class. done that though we just oh, yeah. waiting for that one person oh we for sure to. Okay. i used to know my crush's class schedule oh yeah oh, i yeah. would walk yeah, out did. of my way to walk yeah. by my crush in high school like go the opposite direction direction of where I need to go to accidentally walk by them at the exact moment. Mm-hmm. Am I a stalker? Is that weird? <laughs> it is low-key stalking, but it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, a long non- time ago. it's non-violent Not stalking. It's, it's college. It's college. It happens. But, yeah, and Natalie doesn't seem into it, and even at the luncheon, yeah, she, she brought up with she brought friends. friends. That's, uh... I mean, not, like, just one girlfriend, like, oh, hey, here's my friend. She had, like, Seven people with her. Yeah. How'd they all fit in one car? <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. It's kind of like it was an open event, and mm-hmm. you didn't really specify, oh, I just wanted you to come. Yeah. But the fact that she did bring more people just shows that she's really not into it. Well, even if you want to bring someone because you want to make it clear that you're not in a relationship or mm-hmm. going down that path, you usually just bring one friend or two with you, not the whole social gang. I feel like she's very, because, I mean, it's Berkeley. She's 
doesn't want to be tied down. I feel like she's going to be the one to be very, like, experimental and be, she's kind of a free spirit where she might get Drew into, like, some kinky stuff, maybe with, like, some other girls and mm, joining nice. parties or something. Spice up I, I just could see her being the type who says, oh, I don't want a relationship, I don't want this, I don't want that. Um, let's just hook up and have fun. But then at the same time, I could see her experimenting with lesbianism. Uh, um, so she's but, just going to open up yeah, so Drew's world. That's college. And, yeah, and, you know, that's college. So I think she could really open Drew up and, like, help him. Yeah, help him break out of yeah, that break shell. Yeah, break out of that shell and just become, you know, help I him in his journey. Happens. I want to see Drew at some frat parties or something at Berkeley, <laughs> like some college party scene. I want to see Drew, yeah, like really break down, and like completely out of character, go mm-hmm. buck wild. Yeah. Because that's so not him. And But I think we need to see that side of him to prove that, yes, he's in college. He's really enjoying yeah. stuff. He's really trying to find himself. Yeah, Drew, get drunk. Get high. Go have fun. Like, relax. Don't be the he's awkward wallflower, you know? Yeah. Break out of that shell and... Loosen up, live life a little bit so that you have those experiences. Him and Amber are so polar opposite yeah. in that way, <laughs> socially. I, she is so social at the luncheonette. She's hugging all the drummers mm-hmm. and running around mm. like crazy. Yeah. And, yeah, well, you know what? Let's talk about that now. So Amber has the, the great idea because they're at the rec- they're at the luncheonette having this recording studio session with uh, – Ashes of Rome. Yeah, that was. They're not feeling it. The drummers being a diva once again, saying, "I don't know." There's no creativity. The energy is not there. Amber has a brilliant idea. Hey, what if they perform live in front of audience? And I can understand having an audience will fuel that energy, get the creative juices going, get the performance out that you that they're having a hard time finding. So Adam and Crosby agree to it, and then they throw this get together recording session Can i just audience. say are you talking about the hot guy mm, the that, hot drummer. Guy. that drummer was that making, drummer <laughs> was making eyes at oh, amber yeah. what do you think and of she that was Ooh, hugging and she him was, back she was she was she's very touchy very handsy very handsy yeah. do, do we like this drummer do you think he's gonna add a little bit of tension between ryan because ryan saw yes. a lot of ryan that. saw it but i was very proud of the way he was acting because i kept waiting for him to overreact to it and start a fight Get in fire, there yeah. and we're seeing you know that he's not that guy anymore at least so far but i don't want him to i don't want them to make it a thing because we already kind of have that going on right now with ed and julia so I don't think that they should have, you know, the same thing kind of happening in two relationships in the family at the same time. But they're definitely but making they're us de- think. Yeah, they're definitely <laughs> making us think about it because I was like, oh, hello, drummer. Hello, Amber. Okay, I like this. But wait, no, I love Ryan. So. Yeah, we, we all love yeah, Ryan. So. The thing is, like, Amber's such an affectionate person. Mm-hmm. And she's a very emotional person. And she's so nice and kind to everyone. I'm like, oh, Amber, just... Draw back your hand a little bit. You're you're making me uncomfortable. I mean, like, I get it. You're really open and friendly, but you're just a little too friendly. Yeah, and the music biz, it's full of guys, and, you know, she's around guys all the time, and it can easily be misconstru- misconstrued when you're, you know, that friendly of a person mm-hmm. um, into flirting. People, yeah, flirting when you don't even mean to be. But and the- I the drummer meant to be because oh, yeah, he drummer. was definitely flirting and praising Amber Bay like, oh, everyone needs an Amber. I don't Amber. think she minded, though, because he was pretty hot. <laughs> Fact. 
I mean, pretty if cute. he wanted to come into my life, I wouldn't be. You wouldn't object to, to that. No, not at all. <laughs> well, Ryan, I I mean, we all really like him, but I just want him and Drew to have fun. Like, just pull the sticks out of their asses, like let loose a little bit, and have some <laughs> fun. Because in the party, when they're all their um, friends are there for the recording. Mm-hmm. He's just in the corner in this button-up shirt, like, so stiff and awkward while everyone else is mingling and having a good time. And I just want to see him have a little bit more fun because Amber's such – she kind of has that Camille-free spirit in her, mm-hmm. just like her mom. And I feel like he's so serious. But I guess that kind of balances out. Yeah, they kind of balance each other. Yeah, and uh, so I'm glad that Ryan was the – the the bigger man in this picture he and and it just goes to show how much he's grown as a person that mm-hmm. he's more secure about himself to not get angry and not get worked up about yeah. someone else showing affection towards his girl and he likes Amber so much he officially put a ring on it yay which is what she wanted because we saw earlier <laughs> how Christina was telling the story about how when she just got proposed to and which was and a beautiful story really was, and we knew that amber kind of because when ryan she didn't proposed, have a story it yeah, wasn't like really that and we obviously wanted like amber wanted that and then but we did kind of get that romantic side and Tiana, so, you, you didn't look too well i mean because this is what amber wanted but then she didn't really act like it's what she wanted so i don't really think it's I think that she took from her conversation with Christina as, you know, Christina talked about, like, when you know, you know, and there's not a day that goes by that I've regretted this decision. And Amber's whole thing, when she started crying, I kind of took it as, oh, maybe my mom was kind of right. Like, how do I, like, I don't have that same feeling that Christina has. And when Ryan reproposes, she never said yes. Exactly. She She just mm. let that yes be implied because she said yes the first time. She never said yes to the second proposal. She was like, no, you can't afford this. No, like, take it off. No, get it away. And you could see, I took it as, you know, her freaking out. Like, I don't know if this is really what I want anymore. I felt like I only noticed that once the hot guy showed up in the episode, (laughs) the hot drummer. I was like, she doesn't seem as into it now. And now that they're having the conversations about when it's right and everything. And she got the ring that she wanted, the big fancy proposal. And she was still like, oh, I don't want to take this much money and kind of, yep, I don't know. Yeah. She's, she's very so back, indecisive. Just yeah, like she's her mom. very back and forth. And we, but we do see tonight that Amber talks to Ryan be like, I talked to my mom. We're both on the same page. We have our support. She wants to be a part of this. We shouldn't elope anymore. And Ryan being that nice gentleman, he's mm-hmm. okay with the two going, you know, changing your mind again. But it does show that I, even though Amber was hesitant to an expensive engagement ring, she's her heart is still in. She still wants to get married. I don't know, guys. I kind of you think she's gonna. Pull I see out her. Of the I see her doubting. Right I see now. her doubting. Right I see now her doubting too. right now, and I don't know if it's just a fluke. But after just hearing Christina's story and just you know that gut feeling of when you know you know. And then her not really having that. Because when he was reproposing, I was like, this is going to be the moment when she feels that feeling that Christina was talking about. And so she's going to know it's right. And instead, she kind of pushed it away and was hesitant towards it. So I took that as meaning more of the opposite of Christina's feelings when she got proposed to. 
That's why this show's so great, though, because yeah. you're supposed to feel certain ways in all these different situations. Mm-hmm. But in real life, you don't feel how you're supposed to about things. Like, yeah. just how Crosby wasn't in love with his new baby once it was born. Just like how people get cold feet when they're engaged right before the wedding. And I think that's why the show's so relatable yeah. and good. And she's so and bipolar about the wedding, guys. It's She's very back and forth, yeah. <laughs> Where but, do you think it's going to end up if it does end up happening? I th- okay. The lake, it, the they might get into early predictions, but definitely a season finale uh, marriage proposal. You know, like We had the, the whole marriage of Amber and Ryan. It's going to have its ups and downs because like, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be interesting if it didn't. But I think for a finale, we'll definitely see a wedding. And you know what? They owe us a wedding because Sarah and um, What's-His-Face never got married. Oh, the uh, teacher the, man. Right. I really yeah. liked them together. Too. I did too. And since really they didn't upset. get married, they owe us a wedding. Well, I think that there's going to be a lot of ups and downs with their relationship too, because Mark, the whole Bob Mark, Little Mark, situation yeah. with the campaign, mm-hmm. because Amber's involved with the whole Bob Little campaign stuff that's going to come out while she's planning her wedding. So we know that's going to have some effect. Yeah, I'm glad they took a backseat on the campaign tonight. Yeah, I think I all mean, next Christi- week is going to be about yeah. it. It looks like yeah, because we see Christina be like, "Oh, I'm busy with this campaign," but that was it. We didn't mm-hmm. really dive into her it's kind of a nice because you know exactly it was a nice palate cleanser i guess yeah. but um so amber and ryan they're officially engaged he put a ring on it sarah's on board speaking of sarah she and hank they're kind of <laughs> figuring out their relationship too because that's a lot of back and forth lots of baggage speaking of baggage does anyone else feel bad for hank because <laughs> he has no friends besides Max? No, because this family, every nice thing he tries to do for Max, they come back and are like, well, I mean, it's great that you're letting him hang out here, but blah, 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 blah. Don't like, don't, my sister. Yeah, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't. And he's like, I mean, he's asking me 50 million questions and, you know, I let something slip. He's still doing you guys the favor here. So I just feel bad for yeah, Hank because... But, you know, yeah, I do feel bad a little bit. But Sarah was right being like, well, you don't have to give 20 answers. You are an adult. You should know the boundaries of what the uh, normal conversations you should have from an adult to a child. Which their conversation was about how Max was claiming that Hank had serial killer qualities. <laughs> yes. yeah, and that listing percentages and reasons why he was just like a serial killer for having a picture of his ex in a drawer. <laughs> he, Ridiculous. He fit, what was it? White, male, smart. <laughs> smart. And like, it was like 88% of all serial killers are like smart. And males. they have the intelligence and, IQ of like 115, which is yeah. above average, which is 100. Um, I love that because I don't know. I'm just a nerd and I love criminal minds. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> I could totally see the serial killer side of Hank, but whatever. But that, that then was funny he though. goes back home and starts talking about it in front of the whole family. Like, oh, there's a picture of which guy. Yeah. yeah and, and Max's whole conversation with Hank got misconstrued in that way. And the way Max delivers it, be like, uh, yeah, it was this and this. And yeah. Sarah, like, I don't know, it's just the way he said it made it sound like... A lot worse. It was all Hank's accusing Sarah of mm-hmm. having all this baggage, but it was really not as extreme. Yeah, and that's, out that's a little bit of what I meant, like, when I feel bad for him, because, you know, he says one thing to Max, and then the way Max repeats it makes it sound so, so horrible. Like, she has that, so much baggage. Yeah, that yeah. she has to then go and be like, together. well, um, 
what is this baggage you're talking about? And, you know, it's just this awkward conversation where he's like, that's not even, I mean, are you going to ask for his side of what he actually said since we all know that Max's stories are sometimes a little off from what you actually might have said. From the reality. Yeah. And you, we can see Sarah even gets a little upset. It's like, baggage. We both had baggage. Yeah. Like, it's not just me. I'm not the only guilty party in the reason why they broke up. It's funny how everyone takes what Max says so seriously, too, when they know how he is and how yeah. he says things, that they mm-hmm. take it so to heart anyways. But I love when Hank went to Sarah's house at the end. So awkward. (laughs) Just explaining that he got rid of all the pictures of her so he's not a creeper stalker and that Max can come back and hang out with him. And then when he's leaving, he's like, oh, did you get your hair fixed, your teeth? (laughs) She's like, did I get my teeth redone? Like, what are you trying to ask me? So But again, it shows Hank's socially awkward, too. And the way he says things don't come out the way that it should be portrayed as. But I just love the line how Sarah's like, well, you can just say goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, that could have been done by text message, phone call easily. Yeah, be like, oh, it's nice to see you again. I'm glad we're on the same page. But he wanted to see her, so maybe I think there is something there. He just still. wanted to end on a nice compliment about someone's hair, and which didn't turn out that way. <laughs> he tried. Yeah, he, he tried. He definitely he tried. failed. <laughs> tried and failed. Tried and failed. So, speaking, oh, well, I just want to take a quick minute. So, uh, everyone, thank you for downloading our show on iTunes. Please rate and comment on iTunes. Go to Afterbus TV Parenthood. Rate, subscribe, comment, tell a friend, tell us what you love about the show, all these crazy babermans, tell us what you don't like about the show and how we can improve, tell a friend, that's how we grow it here at AfterBuzz, and please comment on YouTube. It, uh, yeah, we, you we'll missed us back. last week, I was dressed up because of Halloween, but definitely watch us on YouTube because we have a lot of fun pictures as well, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about Ed and Julia. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Ed sending all those fun photos to Julia? I get it. You, you're they're friends now, but what kind of boundaries do you think they're Ed, but, Ed setting? But even when my friends don't respond to my first text, I don't text them again. You know, because she said, like, sorry, I haven't responded to your messages. I just got all of them right now. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't replying back to his picture fun messages. If my friend doesn't text me back, I'm I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm not going to text them until they text me again. I don't know. I'm like that, too. Like, if, if someone's not responding to you, you don't just keep messaging yes. them over and over again. But do you think those photos, I mean, they weren't graphic photos or anything, but do you think it was appropriate that Ed kept sending these photos to a friend? friend because of the nature of their relationship i don't think it was appropriate but i do think that it's okay if they were just friends who you know both are on the parent committee the sustainability committee that's one thing you know our parents have to work hand in hand and since they have to deal with their kids together you might as well be friends with the people who your kids are hanging around so that it makes it more pleasant for you but the nature of their friendship is almost not bashing their spouses, but, you know, bashing their lives and, like, yearning for the lives that they, the corporate lives that they used to have, where it's turned into this kind of, not 
bitch fest, but it's almost like that where it's like, yeah, well, like, like look at all these yeah, juice look at, boxes. Yeah, like you know, king of the juice kind of boxes. Yeah, you know, and that's sarcasm what, with it. That's what I thought. I think their relationship because they're in the same kind of in the same boat right now and just where they're at in life, they're more like bitch buddies. The, yeah. the friend that you just talked to to like to vent ben. all your problems because mm-hmm. right now we don't really see a you know romantic relationship. We just see a venting, bitching kind of relationship. Bitching to each other. I'm sorry, I keep saying bitching, but, that, <laughs> but that's what it is. It's yeah. venting, saying all your problems to someone, because that is healthy. You need to speak to someone. Unfortunately, Julia's not speaking to Joel, because Joel's so busy with his mm-hmm. project that she's kind of forced to talk to Ed. And Ed's the Ed has the impeccable timing of sending that one photo when Julia was in the middle of her, like, complete blow up and she was just so angry and then he got she got that text message at the perfect time she actually laughed yeah and that made her happy and it wasn't from joel it was from ed i think if they were just straight up friends this would be the perfect relationship because Mm -hmm. the text and things that he's sending they're cute and funny and they're there for each other almost like a best friend or a therapist you know everyone has to bitch to someone and complain and get advice from someone you know whether Mm -hmm. it's a best friend mom therapist whoever Mm -hmm. but we know that she has deeper feelings because we see her you know replaying the voicemail twice you know that she she has a crush on him even though her husband is straight up sexy but she's going for the class clown funny guy now it looks like yeah and you know she also had that um she listened to the voicemail twice. Oh, and then, like, right after she got one of his messages, isn't that when she went over to the trailer, like, that night to go... Booty call. You know, booty call with her husband because I think she felt guilty a she, little bit. She was guilty. Yeah, she and was guilty. And there was guilty. that moment, there was that shot on her face where she was completely guilty and she knew what she was getting into. Yeah, and she just keeps getting those smirks, and that's where they are. They're skirting that line of appropriate inappropriate but julia keeps doing little things that are you know the fact that she feels guilty about it means that it's something wrong like if you if you had nothing to hide then you wouldn't feel guilty about your friendship with this person well she is just making her unhappy overall too you can see her talking to her mom about her problems the whole zeke and camille traveling thing we'll we'll get into that but yeah she, there's a part where she starts tearing up talking about their relationship because she's comparing it to her own. And she just knows that she's not happy being the housewife mom. Yeah. Like Even when now. she went off on the kids, I was like, didn't she just get laid? Shouldn't she be happy now? Yeah, she was going <laughs> crazy. Over, like, the littlest things. But, I mean, you all, I mean, I also get it. You know, it's hard to be at home with the kids all day and your husband absolutely has no time right now because of you know his job so she literally has everything on her plate and it's not something she's used to this isn't a life that a life that she's used to having to take on she's always been the one so busy with work go 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 not just at home yeah not just at home sitting around so i mean she really needs to find a hobby maybe she can go help out hank when max is in school so that would give her something to do or the campaign or the campaign yeah she'd be great on the campaign yeah uh, why isn't she working on the campaign think she's just maybe busy. She jump in. Yeah. Yeah, she, i think she's just busy with the kids right now yeah i mean they had her going around passing out you know 
door to door stuff. But I mean, but like, then she showed up on the... Ed's door, yeah. and then she's out of the campaign after that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. got a little distracted, <laughs> slightly distracted. Yeah, maybe. I think you know, Joe. Julia's just she's wearing so many hats that right now she's only focusing on her family, and that's obviously kind of causing problems with yeah. her. And she's she's kind of lost a little bit of herself because she doesn't have that job anymore. That I mean, her job kind of defined her for so long that this new definition as mom is kind of you know it's got her in a place where she's not quite sure where she lands because she doesn't quite fit under that helmet or she doesn't want the helmet to fit. So I think her and Ed's relationship is kind of her way of trying to find herself within this mom world. I just hope she doesn't mess up what she has with Joel because he's beautiful. Yeah. I I hope Julia can just find someone she can really talk to because she can't even, she doesn't even really trust her mom yet Mm -hmm. to even and her and her mom. And we'll get into Camille right now that She's trying to talk to Camille, but she can't bring it up herself that this she's having problems, too, with Joel and Ed. and But the fact that she can't tell even her mother mm-hmm. is kind of upsetting. Well, the ironic thing about it is that she's taking this time to dedicate to her family and to being a mother, but it's actually hurting her family even more. She's being a bitch to her kids. I mean, mm-hmm. she's just screaming at them for she having the toys out. Yeah. And uh, if she was busy, like how she normally was, she wouldn't be that furious all the time. I think it makes her a worse mom being at home all the time. It's slowly eating away at her. Mm-hmm. She's taking it on her kids, which is sad. She shouldn't. But uh, let's get into Camille, because we, we saw, you know, Julia talk to Camille. But Camille is now... Uh, getting prepared to go on her month trip to Italy. So happy for her. And yes. we predicted yeah. this. We yeah. talked yeah. about it. Yeah, we did. And I'm go with her. Me too. <laughs> Italy's beautiful. So, uh, yes, she, she's ready to go on the trip. She tells the whole family. They think Zeke is going, but he's not. How awesome was it to see them all at the same table? I love that. I mean, we were missing Amber, Drew, and Ryan, but, and um, what's her name? Um, but yeah, that one, (laughs) um, but you know, the whole family was there and it was just like, you know, everyone talking over everyone and passing food around. So just before we get into the drama of it, I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that I loved seeing that family all sitting there together. I also had the table of the four siblings at one point, which isn't that common. Yeah. It's not common anymore. The beginning of parenthood, they Mm -hmm. had a lot of the, just the sibling moments together, but now that we know all of them. It, it's rare to get yeah. them. Yeah. It's rare to get just the siblings to yeah, sit down. So and they're was, talking about their parents, too. Yeah, I thought so. that was so great that we got to see, you know, that it all come back together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Camille's ready to leave, and Zeke is not going, which obviously concerns the kids. They get mm-hmm. together and talk about it, and Julia points out that because she's the only one that really knew what was going on with them because she was the only one uh, that they told uh, she she speaks up for Camille and defends her and says, well, Camille, never she's doing it for herself. And she needs to do that because Zeke always had it his way. And this is good for, you know, their mom to just do it. For the other person in the relationship. And then yeah, she exactly. starts tearing up and is like, I have to go get sugar. And <laughs> I have to go get sugar. And that was <laughs> the part I was confused with because she's so adamant about her mom having her time because she's 
sacrificed everything for her husband and for her kids for so long that she deserves this. So she's tearing up and I was trying to see how it correlates to her life. But all I see is that she was the one who had everything. And now it's finally her time to sacrifice for her family and for her husband to get what he wants. But she's just over here like complaining and wanting to get get back to where she wants the me time again. Yeah, she wants the me time again. So I was like, how are you and Camille in the same place? I couldn't really see how she was connecting with Camille in that aspect, but I mean I think they connect because they both don't have connections with their with husbands. Their husbands right yeah. Now. Yeah. The connection from not being connected. Mm-hmm. I think that Camille is smart to go on her own though which is what we find out because mm-hmm. Adam talks to Zeke about it and was like what's the deal why aren't you going to Italy just go on the trip like just suck it up and do it I know you like your house here and like to hang here but just do it it's for a month and he confesses that he wasn't even invited yeah and the interesting thing was that when the whole family was together they they joked that, oh, I'm sure Zeke would have loved being on the Mediterranean and whatnot. And they were talking about, like, Zeke would love being out and traveling about and seeing yeah. places. And we haven't seen that. We were led to believe that he's completely against that. But the kids believe that he would have fun traveling. That he would have fun in a Speedo on the beach while mom's working. And so it, yeah. I think they just want to see their dad, you know, relaxing because... Even though he's retired and has this house, he's still always working on something there. He's never just sitting still. So I think they want him to go and have fun and relax a little bit. And, you know, they don't realize that this is his idea of relaxing, being at home and fixing everything. That is that is his vacation. That's his speedo on the beach. He might like vacationing, though, but he doesn't want to move might be the thing. Like, maybe he is adventurous and likes going on trips, but I think that sense... Camille was a little bit heartbroken that he didn't want to sell the house and saw the look on his face when they went apartment hunting last Mm -hmm. episode. I think this is kind of her outlet. Like, I can't move, so I'm just going to go to Italy by myself for a month and have fun. And Adam did say the the good line be like, you know, you should do this now while you can. The house will still be here. Mm -hmm. It's true. I'm glad he pointed that out because, yes, it is a big issue right now, but Technically, the house is still there. It's still grounding them. It's still a foundation to their relationship. That's very true. It'll be interesting to see how this month away with Zeke being at home by himself and Camille being off, you know, having this adventure. Because Zeke did say a couple episodes ago um, when she brought up, you know, this is our act three and we should be out there exploring the world and traveling and seeing all these places. He's already done that. And he didn't want to go do it again. So he wants to get an RV and just drive, you know, across America. Um, She wants to actually go explore the world, not just the country. So I think that, you know, they'll come back and kind of have two different perspectives of life. Because, you know, going abroad and seeing Italy and doing art out there is so eye-opening. And then he's going to be here learning how to take care of himself really for the first time in however many years they've been together. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see how the two come back together. I agree. And then we see near the end of the episode, Camille finally leaves, gives a goodbye kiss to Zeke, which seems really sincere. It shows, even though they are arguing and they're on, not on the same page, they still do love each other. Mm -hmm. And Zeke will still be there in the end. I think they'll still be together. Yeah. They made it 
almost a cliffhanger where she like got in the taxi and didn't kiss him and then got back out and kissed yeah. him. I was so like, no kiss. We're like, wait, they're That's not gonna cold. hug or kiss or anything. Like, this is a cold goodbye. For okay, very cold. Now it's hot. Yeah, because old people making out is so cute. <laughs> that was me being sincere, not sarcastic. It came out kind of sarcastic, and I didn't mean it to be. Yeah, I think it is sincere, especially with that particular generation, because they're still. It's so rare to find people still together, and they're the part of the generation that are still together. Mm-hmm. And then we had the uncertainty, uncertainty that they might separate because they're arguing and whatnot. It's it's unfortunate that we think that because someone's arguing because. Of our relationship is not working out, we automatically think, oh, they're going to separate or yeah. they're going to divorce, but not with this particular generation. So I'm glad that we see that they are they still really do love each other even though they're not on the same page. And then, so Camille leaves and Zeke is all by himself in that humongous house. The first thing he does... <laughs> Sets off the alarm and has no idea what to do. <laughs> and earlier in the episode, they say that the alarm code is the anniversary <laughs> for when they got married, and he can't remember it. He's trying to type it in. Yeah. Typical. Typical guys. Yeah. Typical guys can't remember anniversary. Nope. So and, uh, and But I can understand that. I mean, a girl up in the alarm system, they can be scary. Yeah. When, like, a loud alarm is going off, you can't think straight, and then you're like, oh, what, what's my four-digit passcode? <laughs> I can't remember it, because, like, I don't know. It's overwhelming, and it yeah. scares you, and you can't. I, so I, I know what that's like <laughs> uh, just from personal experience. But that's how we end the episode. Uh, did we cover everything? Is there anything else about this episode that you guys liked, didn't like? Um, no. I think it was kind of a refreshing episode. I felt like bringing the whole family together for that one scene and kind of taking a break from the campaign was kind of like a nice palate cleanse reset for this season, which I enjoyed. Definitely. I liked this episode. I liked this episode a lot. Yes. So did I. All right. So let's get into some news and gossip. So, Danica, I know you have some fun stuff to say. Yeah, I was uh, on the Universal lot going through the home of Zeke and Camille Braverman, mm-hmm. the facades and the sets for Our favorite it. home. Love Our it. favorite Love home. <laughs> but they had everything, all the props were pushed against the walls, and they had set decorators going through, and I got to talk to one of them for a little bit. And he was just talking about how they changed those sets with each year to year, like a lot of sitcoms and tv shows they just keep the same set all the time but since it's a family that's growing they'll just keep adding new little props and set pieces to each set throughout the seasons and it keeps building and growing which is unusual and kind of cool it makes it seem even more like a real family so i wanted to share that little tidbit that's awesome um my question to you because you're on the parenthood set like almost every day of your life and i'm so freaking envious (laughs) what is your favorite thing about any set part of uh, Parenthood that you always love pointing out? I really love the lighting on the show. They, like, all the scenes when they're inside that main house or any of the houses, they have, like, the cyclorama on the outside, like a big curtain that looks like the forest where they have all the different lights to make it look like the different times of day. And they do such an amazing job. Like, all the times when we're watching the show in the big screening room here on the full screen, it looks like the forest is outside the windows and it's like mm-hmm. 6 a.m. Yeah. They're having their morning coffee in the kitchens, making breakfast, and you know that like nothing's cooking in there. And it's like <laughs> a curtain outside with light bulbs behind it. But 
they just just do such an amazing job with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I, I have some news and gossip, too. Um, Parenthood, last week it aired, but November 1st? Second, whatever the date was. October 31st. October, October 31st. 31st. That's right. Like, thank you. That's so why we weren't here. <laughs> yes. yes. Whoops. Thank you. It was Halloween. That's right. Sorry. I can't think a week back. I can't think what tomorrow will be. But, uh, yes, last week's episode on Halloween, the, the ratings for that, for the 18 to 49 age division, they had 3.67 million oh. at the 10 p.m. On Halloween. Flat that's on good. Halloween. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um and then another thing, Lauren Graham was on the Craig Ferguson show <laughs> a couple days ago, which was so funny. I didn't know that was happening, and I was at the gym. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> Lauren Graham's on Craig. And I, so uh, she had some funny things to say. The thing is, like, she's been on the Craig Ferguson show so many times that it's just really just a conversation between out. friends. It's not really a yeah. straight-up interview. So it was one of those funny, quirky kind of in. Uh, interviews. She talked about bike bicycling with her dad through Spain, which is okay. she talked about that on other interviews. Like like I said before, she, she tends to repeat a lot of her stories, but it's still fun to listen to. And um, she talked about her book someday, someday maybe is being adapted into a TV series. Oh. I had was under the impression that it was un it was being adapted into a TV movie, but I didn't know it was a TV series. So oh. that's. Actually, pretty cool. Did you end up reading her book? Not yet. Not <laughs> yeah, yet. I know you're planning uh, on it. So yeah, I am. Like, I read two books this week, and I have to read one more tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I'm eventually getting to it. I'm a busy person. TMR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm getting to it. And then uh, yeah, Craig. Craig said that she had cheeky eyes. It was such a weird, funny. <laughs> friend conversation it uh, like i love it every time such a european thing to say cheeky eyes cheeky cheeky, <laughs> cheeky eyes yeah uh, irish accent and then craig also accused her of being uh, a hoarder and she's like no no i tend to be the person who likes to cleanse and like get rid of stuff and it's a fun interview go i'm sure it's up on youtube uh, the link's out craig ferguson and then i also have some pictures that i want to show um the first one, and I'll show it here. Sorry, I, I'm engineering people if you're listening. <laughs> uh, the, the first, and I definitely suggest you go to YouTube as well. Um, the first picture we see, Mae Whitman, she tweeted out on her, or Instagram, I guess, uh, a picture of herself, Adam and Crosby, in the Luncheonette studio recording session. I, and obviously this is from tonight's episode. They're enjoying the, the view that they're seeing. They're watching the band record. And then the second photo we have is uh, um, just a fun picture that NBC Parenthood tweeted out. And it's the behind-the-scenes kind of fun action that goes on with all the, the cast. So if you're watching on YouTube and you see this photo, in the top upper left-hand corner, we have Craig T. Nelson. Then upper right-hand corner, we have Monica Potter. Lower left-hand corner... We have Erica Christensen and someone else, I guess, a crew member. Looks like maybe yeah. an 80 or something. Yeah, uh, uh, some crew member. And then the right corner, we have uh, David Denman, who plays Ed. 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 Oh, Ed. Oh, Ed. So uh, just fun fun photos, too, uh, that I wanted to show everyone. So I, I love looking at all these photos because 
NBC is pretty good, and I just want to be part of their family. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and with that, let's you know go into some predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. All right, I, Tiana. I'm gonna go, go ahead and say it. I think that Amber is having second guesses about her marriage. Oh crap! I thought there was oh. someone outside yelling. <laughs> I'm saying it. I don't think she's ready for marriage. Maybe her mom was right. Maybe she's having, you know, just second guessing it. Um, in the preview for next week, you know, we get more of the political stuff. Bob Little's playing dirty. And so, you know, it's all about getting Christina to play dirty back. But I don't think Christina's going to do it. Just like I d- didn't think she was going to take the money from that guy. I don't think she's going to stoop down to his level. Mostly because the information she has will also hurt her niece, Amber. But mm-hmm. if she does play it and it hurts her niece, Amber, that could be good family drama for the show. But I don't think she'll do it. And I think there's going to be drama about Amber and Bob Little. Because they showed in the tiny sneak peek preview for next week, they showed some little thing about it might being mentioned. So I think that's going to hurt her relationship, which is already a little rocky, it seems mm-hmm. like. It seems like she's second-guessing the relationship. So I think her relationship is going to go through a little roller coaster. We're just going to have to see if it's going to be able to handle it. And I think that Camille is going to come back home in a few episodes, very refreshed, and I think it's going to help their relationship. I think distance makes the heart grow fonder, and everyone needs a little vacation from their family members every once in a while, especially <laughs> if you've been married that long. Like, I would need a vacation, too. So I'm hoping that she comes home. The house isn't a total disaster from her being gone, but I think it will help their relationship. Yeah, I hope she hired someone to come in and clean up, like, once a week just so that she doesn't come home to a mess. I, I think the Hopefully. children... They wouldn't let the the house go crazy because they know Zeke is gonna be by himself. And just being the the way that they were raised, they're they're raised to help the parents, so they're definitely gonna help out in the house. What do you think is gonna happen with the campaign, Christiana? What's gonna go down there? Um. Well, I don't think she's gonna play dirty. I think that she'll make tough choices, but I think she'll also stick to being true to who she is because I mean even with the debate you know like she was who she is and she stuck to her guns and you know was just very real with everyone and that's why people like her so I think if she continues to be this real person people will start to see the fake bitter mean person that Bob Little is Mm, yeah Bob's gonna definitely stir (laughs) stir some things around but, yeah, great episode. I loved it. Uh, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Danica Kennedy. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Tiana Hobson. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. And we can follow everyone here at AfterBuzz on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the social media platforms at AfterBuzz TV. Thank you all for joining us. For this awesome Parenthood podcast once again. And we will see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.